we're finishing up this series, as I said before, hindsight in 2020. We've looked at regret and how we can uh, not live in our regret, but use it as wisdom for our future. We've looked at forgiveness, how forgiveness really has to do with our own soul and our own heart. And then also our resources, that God has called us to use our time and our resources wisely. And as we look back in hindsight to how we've been living our lives, we sometimes want to move differently for the future. Today we're going to talk about something I think all of us have encountered at one point or another. And that is storms. Now, there are literal storms just like the storm that came into St. Louis this past week and dropped some snow and ice. And I'm sure that there were some young children and families who wished it dropped more so that they could stay home from school a few more days. Um, I was reminded, though, during that storm of the storm that I encountered when I was a junior in high school. 1977, 1978, I'm going to tell you my age right there. And... um, It snowed so much in southern Illinois, which I understand it did here as well, that we were out of school for an entire month. They had to call it an act of God at the end of the school year. We didn't have to make that up. Can we say a hallelujah on that one? (laughs) And I spent the entire month out in the snow. With my friends, we had, my best friend had a six-wheeler. Anybody know what that is? Six-wheeler, you, you uh, drove with levers, levers, and you could do like this with it, and it would do spins. <laughs> and that's what we did. We did spins for the month, that entire month. It was a glorious month. And so I, I reflect back when I have storms like this happen, that, that it was just a time in which I remember, right? I remember. Then there are physical storms that we all encounter. Those are things like when the flu hits you and you feel like a Mack truck has run over you, or you go to the doctor and you hear that unexpected diagnosis and then there's surgery maybe included, and treatments, and things like that, those physical storms that we encounter. Then there's the emotional storms we encounter, grief, depression, heartbreak. All of us have encountered one of these at one time or another. And then there are the spiritual storms. The spiritual storms that come into our life when we feel God is not listening. God is distant. We don't feel like we're connecting with God in a real and personal way. And so we experience these storms. And as one author I read this past week said, tough times are one of life's inescapable realities. Amen? We all encounter them. He said, one of three things must be true of you. Either you are in the midst of a storm, you're coming out of a storm, or you're about to sail into a storm. And I thought, this is so true. No matter how prepared we are, no matter how many times we encounter a storm along the way, we realize that many times we feel out of control. 
We feel that out-of-control feeling, and I think that's the scariest part. But we need to remember one very important thing. God's promises. Do you believe in God's promises? Let your face tell me that. <laughs> Do you believe in God's promises? All right, now I want you to turn to the person next to you and tell them like you believe it. I believe in God's promises. I'm so glad to see you believe in it. You know, God's promises are something we lean into. And we all encounter those storms. And if we look back over time, we can see the storms we've been through. We've gotten to the other side. And we remember that God was really with us all along. Trust. We're in the Gospel of Mark, as I shared with you, that I told Tim to be reading from. And we hear that Jesus is asleep in the boat. He's found a pillow, even. And he is in the boat, asleep, sound asleep. And the water, the scripture says that the, the boat is about to be swamped. And so the water is starting to come into the boat. And yet, Jesus sleeps. Now then. In my family, we have some sound sleepers. Anybody here got some of those? Okay, so um, when Holly, my youngest daughter, was little, I could literally pick her up, shake her, walk her to another room, and put her back down, and she was still asleep. She gets that from her father. <laughs> the other night, sound asleep, my dog, Millie, you've heard me talk about my little dog, Millie, who I love. She's my fur baby. She was not my fur baby that night. Um, she was barking. She heard some sound that she thought she needed to uh, warn us about, probably some piece of ice breaking somewhere or something, and she ran to the front door, and she's barking. I raise up in bed, holler, you know what that's like, right? Oh, holler down the hallway in toward the living room, Billy, hush, there's nothing out there, hush. And I'm yelling, okay? I look over, Joe's snoring. <laughs> so the next morning I, I, you know, got up and I said, did you even hear me yell at Millie last night? He said, no, what happened? You see... I think some major thing could come into our house and I'd be standing up and screaming, get it, get it, get it, and he'd be going, <laughs> Sound sleepers, right? Well, Jesus must have been a sound sleeper. Either that or he was really tired. He'd been with a lot of people right before this happens. He'd been with the crowds of people. Or there's another possibility. He was really at peace, really at peace with whatever was going on. The disciples wake him up, and they wake him up with this frightened question. They say, teacher, don't you care that we're drowning? <laughs> now, if you read the scripture, the water's just coming into the boat a little bit, right? The boat, it says the boat is about to be swamped. Teacher, don't you care we're drowning? Now, in hindsight, as you look back over your life, have you ever felt like that, that you're drowning? 
ever felt like you're in the midst of a storm, whatever kind of storm you're in, and you've looked up at God and said, don't you care, God, that I'm drowning? Don't you care that I'm drowning in my pain? Don't you care that I'm drowning in my grief? Don't you care that I'm drowning in my debt? Don't you care that I'm drowning in my loneliness? Don't you care, God, that I'm drowning in my lack of direction? I guess that most of us here may have experienced something like that. We may have asked God one of those questions along the way. But I would also guess that many of us would look back and see how God had been moving all along through that storm. Even though we couldn't see it, maybe, at the time. It's so much easier to see God's fingerprints on our journey of life when we look back than it is when we're in the midst. Amen? The word that the gospel writer uses here, Mark uses, for drown is apolomitha. And it means to perish. So the disciples are really asking, Lord, will you let me perish? We ask this same question so many different ways, don't we? Lord, will you let me perish? Don't I matter to you? Lord, don't you care about what's happening? Lord, don't you understand what I'm going through? Lord, why don't you stop that? Anybody here ever said that? Lord, why do you let that happen? We ask, Lord, are you going to let me perish in so many different ways in our conversations with God? Every believer goes through a storm. Amen? Every believer goes through a storm. We ask questions of God. That is our human nature. And we are not alone in this because all you have to do is read through the Psalms, the prayers and the songs of the people of Israel. And you know, this has been going on forever. In Psalm 55, we hear the storm of betrayal. Give ear to my prayer, O God. Do not hide yourself from my supplication. Attend to me and answer me. I am troubled in my complaint. I am distraught by the noise of the enemy because of the clamor of the wicked. For they bring trouble upon me, and in anger they cherish enmity against me. In Psalm 51, we hear a different kind of storm, a storm within ourselves, of facing our own iniquities, of facing our own sinful choices. Have mercy on me, O God, the psalmist says. According to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. And we hear Psalm 88. And this psalm reflects the anguish of hitting rock bottom. But I, O Lord, cry out to you. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. O Lord, why do you cast me off? Why do you hide your face from me? Wretched and close to death from my youth up, I suffer tears. I'm desperate. All of us 
have experienced something that the psalmists kind of bring to light through feeling. That's why when we're going through difficult times and difficult storms, opening up those psalms and reading those through may get us through to the other side. Amen? All of us can look back upon our lives and we can see God at work in answered prayers. The times in which we've lifted things up and God has answered those prayers, we can say we see God at work in that. Maybe the answer was yes, maybe the answer was no, but God answered the prayer. It is in the unanswered prayers that I think that we struggle with the most. I think it is in the unanswered prayers that we look back upon our life and we're still waiting. Amen? Ever been there? Still waiting for the answer? And in that time, those seeds of doubt kind of try to take hold in our heart and we tend to forget the promises. We tend to forget and we tend to... to what I call make up our self-made storm. We've got those storms that happen to us, but then we've got the storms that we create ourselves. Anyone here ever done that besides me? Created a little typhoon right over here, Typhoon Terry. My grandparents had a word for it. They said, you're making a mountain out of a molehill. Yeah. I have another word for it. I call it catastrophizing. <laughs> catastrophizing, that's what I'm doing, catastrophizing. And when we make those self-made storms, we create that catastrophizing in our own life, then we start saying things that we really don't believe. We start saying things like, God is not listening. God's not concerned. God does not care. We don't believe that, do we? Because that would contradict what we just said. Right? That we believe in God's promises. I think a self-made storm is the bigger storm happening right here in the Gospel of Mark. In this storm, this literal storm as they're headed across the lake, I think the self-made storm is the bigger storm. They immediately start thinking, don't they? Oh, we're going to die. The storm is going to destroy us. That's why the Gospel writer uses perish. Look, he's going to sleep through the whole thing and we're going to die. We're going to perish. Something tells me the real danger was in the panic. It was in the panic. When we create those self-made storms, we tend to try to take control of a situation ourselves. And in my experience, in my looking in hindsight, that never works out. You ever been there? You ever made a good decision when you're in that state of panic? Probably not. Or maybe it isn't the best decision you could make. One of the things I often tell people when they come to talk about something that they're really struggling with or something they're very upset with is I say to them very clearly, do not decide right now. Pray. Talk with God. Talk with people you respect who are faith-filled people. 
Listen for God's voice. Discern, because God will show you the way in God's time. Maybe not ours, but in God's time. You see, when we have times of uncertainty, times of doubt, times of those self-made storms, that's when we really need to lean in and trust God all the more. Amen. That's when we really need to lean into God's promises and we need to say, I trust you, God, with whatever is going on. And that's hard to do when there's a length of time involved, right? That uncertainty. Bob Goff, he's one of my favorite authors. He wrote Everyone Loves, Everybody Loves, and he wrote Love Does. I mean, there's some great stories he writes in these books and always a little bit of tidbits of wisdom. He said, embrace uncertainty. Wow, that's hard, isn't it? It's easier said than done, really. But he says, embrace uncertainty. Some of the most beautiful chapters in our lives won't have a title until much later. Much later. Tim asked this question in the 930 service. He said, what chapter would you say you are living in right now? If you had to title your chapter right now in this stage of your life, in this this part of your journey, how would you title it? It might be much different title in the future. When you look back over and you look back through this part of your life now, the title might change. You see, we all have to go through it to get to the other side. Remember how the gospel starts in this section in verse 35? They were headed to the what? Other side. They were going on over to the other side. You have to go through the storm to get to the other side. And that's so true. Sometimes we look back over our life and we see some of those storms, those struggles that we've been through, and we realize that God was there all along and God brought the greatest glory out of the struggle that we thought that nothing could be done with. Right? That is how God works. God continues to use us. God continues to work in and through us, even in the midst of times where we're really struggling. A Christian counselor uh, told a friend of mine repeatedly during a series of storms she had been encountering that God chooses to calm the storm and sometimes God chooses to calm us. In their conversation, the counselor pointed out that we're too focused on screaming for God to stop the storm that sometimes we can miss what God is trying to do in us and through us and for us in the midst of that storm. We tend to want storm calming instead of doing the work with God for soul calming. Mark tells us some good news, though. He sums it up really quickly in this section of the gospel. He says, Jesus wakes up and takes care of it all. He's not sleep forever. He's not going to not wake up. He, he wakes up and takes care of it. 
he got up and gave orders to the wind and he said to the lake, silence, be still. And the wind settled down and there was a great calm. And then Jesus asked them, I think the question daddy always asks us as well, why are you frightened? Don't you have faith yet? In other words, why are you in a panic? Don't you remember who's in the boat with you? I may have been asleep, but I'm not dead. Right? Jesus is alive and still today. Alive today. Who's in the boat with you? Yet. I love it. Do you not have faith yet? I can imagine how many times Jesus has smacked himself in the forehead. Because leading up to this moment in the Gospel of Mark, I want you to hear all that had taken place. The Gospel of Mark records story after story of Jesus' power leading to this moment on that evening at that lake. He'd cast out an unclean spirit. He'd healed Peter's mother-in-law of a fever. He healed an entire city of disease. He'd cast out demons. He'd cleanse lepers. He gives a paralytic the ability to walk and take up his bed and go home. And he restores a withered hand to completed health. All before they get in the boat and head to the other side. And yet, yet the disciples say, are you going to let us perish? I can imagine his frustration, can't you? Over their self-made storm. You see, church, every time we go through a storm, whether it is a physical storm, an emotional storm, a spiritual storm, or a self-made storm, Jesus is asking us this question. Do you trust me or not? Do you remember my promises? Are you going to choose fear or are you going to choose faith? Now, I'm going to say that I have chosen both. That's our human nature. It is very natural for us to be in the midst of a storm and get fearful. But we have to remember. He's asking us, will you remember your faith? Or will you let your fear run away with you? Here's the point. Fear looks at the storm. Faith looks at the Savior. Fear looks at the storm. Faith looks at the Savior. If you notice the psalmist, they don't just record all of the feelings of anguish and fear and, and pain. They also kind of take a shift in their beautiful poetry or songs. A shift that turns toward a faithful and loving God. I visited Audrey Lytle this last week. She's still in her home. And I visited and she reminded me she was 96 and a half. And at the end of our conversation and our time together, I asked her, 
if I could read her her favorite scripture and offer a prayer. And she said without hesitation, read Psalm 121. And as I read it and reflected upon the scripture I was researching and writing upon, I thought, oh God, you are so wise, so wonderful to remind me of this promise. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where will my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. He who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in, this time on and forevermore. Now, I don't know whether you're in a storm right now or what kind of storm that is. I don't know if you've just come out of a storm. And I don't know if you're sailing into one. But you remember that God is with you. Remember your choices. Look at the storm or look at the Savior. If experience teaches us anything, we have to remember those promises. That when we look back over the storms we've had previously, that God has been there all along. Maybe not worked in the way that you had planned, but God had been there. We're, remember, we're to remember the promises of Jesus, that he works all things according to good, all things according to his purpose for those who love him. We remember the promise of I will never leave you nor forsake you. And we certainly remember the promise that he neither slumbers nor sleeps. We rest in the presence of Jesus. And we are called to rely and remember the power of Jesus. Remember all that Christ has done. We are to put our trust in him instead of ourselves. And remember to look back over our life and remember that God has been there all along. Amen. For to trust. And as hard as it is, sometimes we are to trust. Will you pray with me? Good and gracious God, help us. Help us to trust when we sometimes can't see the future. Help us to trust when everything in the world is saying not to. Help us to trust and to remember your promises and to remember who we are and whose we are. In the name of Jesus, amen. We're going to close with a hymn <clears throat> that 
was not only a hymn I grew up with in church, it was a hymn I grew up with at home. My mom has a saying, anytime there was a struggle going on in our home or our family or something around our life, she would look at me and she would say, Terry Sue, trust and obey. Trust and obey.